This episode is brought to you by Intermind Sports. If you're wondering about how to get more consistency in your sporting life, you may want to look at the mental side of your game. How do you create a great athlete? Well, Intermind Sports, a Canadian-based group, has created the ultimate online program to develop your whole game. Imagine, 95 mental lessons for only $95 Canadian. Yes, that's Canadian dollars. It's probably like 50 American. It's so easy. Just go to IntermindSports.com, sign up today. Hockey players, if you're at an elite level, you need to be at top physical and mental shape. Save money on regular sports therapists who can cost up to $300 per session. Athletes worldwide are rating this program a perfect 10. If you're a serious athlete, you gotta try it. Contact Stephen Altman, professional goaltender with years of experience and a college champion. Stephen Altman, 01 at gmail.com. That's Stephen, S-T-E-V-E-N, Altman, A-L-T-M-A-N, 01 at gmail.com. Intermind Sports, you gotta try it. 95 lessons for only $95, so cheap, so easy. It's gonna take your game to that next level. Contact Steven today, get in with it, Intermind Sports. Number 16, Bobby Hull. On the right side, Gordy Howe. Two players who work hard in the hot summer to get ready so that they, with their age and their experience, can go together to be ready for an early September game against the Soviets. What up, what up? World Hockey Report with Cody Jansen and Adam Ermintrout. Coming to you on 12 Ounce Sports Radio, Friday, February 2nd. Big week in sports. You would have thought with the All-Star game, teams would still be on a little bit of a break. Maybe not too intense, but uh, yeah. Coaches challenge, a couple of video reviews. The Leafs are on a winning streak. The Oilers think they're going to make playoffs. No shortage and stuff to talk about today. We'll get to all that NHL talk we got a couple of beefs. The CHL Top 10 and the CJHL Top 20. Not sure who's picking them, but yeah. We'll give you we'll give you a piece of our minds later on. That's all coming up. we got college hockey, NCAA, ACHA. Our top five weekly rankings are coming out. Euro hockey, we got Champions Hockey League. Finals starting on Tuesday, Vecwa, JYP. Catch up. Stephen Ellis, international hockey journalist, Eurohockey.com writer. This guy's something special. You gotta go read his stuff. We got Stephen Ellis on the show. Of course, we get to what's trending. That's all to come. World Hockey Report with Cody and Adam starts now. Join now, co-host Adam Erman Trout joining us again, yet again, another week on World Hockey Report with Cody and Adam. Adam, how's it going? Good, good. Another day in paradise. Another day in Saskatchewan, eh? You uh, still in school yet, or you dropped out? No, it's midterm season, so, you know, I might might have to drop out. Midterm season, baby. It's the most most exciting time of the year. How, how many uh, tests you got? Uh, I wrote two already, have two assignments due next week, and then two midterms the week after, and then, like, two more midterms by the end of February. So, you know, it's getting, it kind of all hits you at once. I don't even think I can add all those up. My math is not up to par at all. But, uh, no, I mean, have you uh, been able to catch some of those hockey games now? I know that you've seen the Blades game the other night. Weren't too impressed with that. But uh, catch much other hockey this weekend. What do you think of the All-Star game? Stuff like that. Uh, yeah, definitely watched the All-Star game. Recorded the skills competition Saturday. Came home, watched it. And, you know, you get to see the personalities of the guys, so that's always good. And then the games itself on Sunday were pretty entertaining. What about you? There was actually a lot of talk about that. Like, was the skills competition more exciting than the games? 
I don't know. I, I still, I'm still on the fence about the whole three on three. I like it. It's exciting. The game's really, it's, uh, it's an all-star game. The guys really don't want to be out there that much. I think a lot of them would rather be on a beach in Mexico or Dominican, Cuba. I don't know, wherever people vacation nowadays, but those guys, they're really, they're out there for fun. It's, uh, there's some nice goals. The skills competition's cool to see. I mean, some of those guys like Boyle out there killing it. Obviously, McDavid was going to win the speed competition. Don't think there was too much question there, but other than that, I did like it in general. Pretty sure if you asked all those guys, they'd rather be elsewhere, like, and not having to focus on hockey for five days, but it's a good event for the fans. Uh, only negative thing on the All-Star game is that, you know, I read this in Elliot Friedman's 31 Thoughts on Sportsnet, and he, he kind of said this, which I agreed with, where the whole passing challenge and the puck relay, like eight guys was too many for that, I thought, where, you know, by the fourth and fifth guy, you just it just gets repetitive and you're kind of just skipping forward through that. And also, you know, the save the save streak was pretty cool for the goalies, but, you know, once again, it, it gets a little old. They did. Thank goodness someone said it. I was thinking that too, but, you know, they really blew some of that out of proportion. And The save one was good, but it, it did go long. I'd rather see him just like a one and done, like start making that saves. Same with the stick handling. I mean, once it gets down to eight guys, you're like, okay, let's go to the next event. Or that uh, sniper, the sharpshooter, like, they take a 20-minute break just to fix that. Like, okay, let's go to the old-fashioned uh, styrofoam there. That'll be cool, but I get it. They're trying to be innovative. They're trying to be different. It's it's cool in a sense, but realistically, it's still the all-star game. I, I don't lose sleep. I think I missed the first game. I don't lose sleep over it. It's not that fun, to say the least. Yeah, it's it's better than the five on five though, where you know guys would just be kind of standing on the wall, saucing passes. But you know, at least in three on three, you get a little bit more more effort. Because if you're standing around in three on three, you kind of look like an idiot. <laughs> well, there's a few of them that did look like idiots out there. But are there any Chell players making themselves look like idiots this week? Uh, did you catch earlier this week Cam Talbot there? Uh, your your kid in Edmonton says the Oilers are going to make playoffs. Now, Now, before we even talk about how outrageous this is, one, Talbot, you've been pulled the most out of any NHL goaltenders, so to say that, I mean, you're going to have to stand on your head all season, like brick wall, shut down the show. You're going to have to be the best. But the Oilers, I think it's, it's something like mathematically, they would have to like only be able to lose eight games in the next 33 or something stupid. The, the odds of it actually happening are so outrageous that it he just seems ridiculous, even coming out and saying something like that. Like, how about just say we're going to have a better second half, not, oh, we're going to make playoffs. Come on. It was ridiculous to me. You know, I know what he's trying to do where you want to kind of prove to the fans that you're not out of it, but they're at 47 points. They're 12 back of Los Angeles, and the problem with that is – there's five teams or four teams in between them. So, you know, you can say you're going to make the playoffs all you want, but you still have to pass four teams and get so much help along the way where it's it's not even possible. Like, you know, yeah, it's... it's I get where he's coming from, but, you know, at the same time, it's not possible. Yeah, I think there are five teams back, actually, if they got to pass L.A. or Dallas there. And then Vancouver's only one point behind them. Vancouver's been arguably playing some better hockey. 
I don't know. The the Oilers are so far out of it, even for any team that's looking to catch them. It's a it's basically a five way race for those wild card spots with a team so close. It's uh it's gonna be tough for anyone to make it in there, but exciting playoff race. I really do like it heating up. It kind of comes down to now what what do teams like Colorado, Calgary, Minnesota should they be looking to just sell the farm or? I don't know, it's kind of like how it was in that dub uh, for the trade deadline there. You know, teams kind of, do you go in or do you go out? I, I don't think there's too much in-between point there when there's seven teams within two points of each other. Minnesota's tied right now with Los Angeles, but you look at them and they've been the same that they've been for the past five or six years where they're probably good enough to get to the playoffs and maybe take it to six or seven games in the first round, maybe get lucky and even win around. But at the same time, they're one of those teams in limbo land where you're not really bad where you're getting a franchise player in the draft and you're not really good where, you know, you can make noise in the playoffs and actually be a legitimate cup contender. And, you know, Colorado's in tough now with McKinnon out for the next two to four weeks. And then I do think Calgary's probably the best out of those three teams, just like with, you know, that top four defense of theirs. And Mike Smith is probably a top five Vesna option at this point. Uh, the only thing with Calgary, though, is that, you know, there's been a couple games this year where Johnny Gaudreau's look like he doesn't really care to play. Um, dating back to last year in the playoffs, you know, he has to decide what type of player he wants to be, you know, when the going gets tough, where when it's tough, he just kind of backs off or if he really, like, kind of digs deep because there's been a couple games where he's been invisible here. Typical American, eh? It's going to be a good one. I think I think the best bet, actually, for a team like Calgary or something, LA's got too good of goaltending. They're, they're not going to choke out of a playoff spot. They're only going to get better with guys like Quick there, Brown, Kopitar playing well. I think they've actually allowed the least amount of goals in the Western Conference, something crazy like that, maybe even the whole show. I don't know. LA's good. Quick's good. Don't, don't count on beating them. Hope for a team like Dallas to drop out, maybe Anaheim. Other than that, I mean, if you're going to... I think San Jose is pretty likely to drop out, actually. That That is very true. They're on a four-game losing skid there. That'll uh, make your shorts pretty dirty. But Calgary's looking good. Colorado, as you said, it's going to hurt without McKinnon. What have you thought of uh, his performance so far this year? Obviously, he's kind of proving to be an elite player. Well, I, I guess he he's proved himself to be an elite player. But where, where do you think this now ranks him? Do you think it's a top 10 player in the league, top 20? Well, I think on our show a couple weeks back, he was my pick for the heart. And I saw that, you know, Elliot Friedman had him as his pick for the heart. I think Ferraro might have mentioned something also. So, you know, definitely I'd say he's just kind of hovering around the 10th spot in the league where, you know, there's still the McDavid, Crosby, Malkin, Kucherov, Stapko's crew ahead of him. But, you know, he definitely has the potential. And after a down year last year for everyone in Colorado, he seems like, He's figured out what type of player he wants to be. I would agree with that. I think he is a very skilled player. I, they got to get a scoring winger on his side. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a big one. I'm not sure they could really bring in at the deadline. I know they dished off Duchene, and I think they're the happiest team in that trade right about now. There's no way he wasn't just a piece of shit in the dressing room, to put it nicely. I I really think he was a rotten egg in there. It, it dragged. I mean, look at how good they're doing. They're, they're bonding as a team. They're playing as a team. I don't remember the last time. Were they in playoffs two years ago or three years ago? That's probably their last uh, decent season. They're looking like a team again. They're playing like a team. McKinnon's playing like a star. Varlamov's playing good. I think Bernier's even having a good season in net. And that's Jonathan Bernier. 
I mean, come on, people. Colorado, I, I wouldn't sleep on them. McKinnon out, though, two to four weeks. That one hurts. That, that one really stings. How about a team like Chicago? They're uh, a really up-and-down start, battling a lot of injuries, but of lately, they're not playing bad. What, what have you seen from them? I'm kind of in the crowd where I think this is the end. Uh, not the end of the dynasty, but, you know, you look at their team and they have a couple glaring holes, mainly due to the Taves and Kane contract and, you know, Brent Seabrook being a healthy scratch with whatever six years and six and a half million per year left. When you have Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane and, you know, Crawford and Nett and Keith on defense, you always have a chance, but, you know, as we saw with Pittsburgh last year, they call up Gensel and Rust and Sheary, and they need those depth guys scoring, and I don't think Chicago has that. Part of the problem with me, you know, I don't want to call the guy out, but Jonathan Taves, he's making $10.5 million, and the last three years he has 58 points, 58 points, and this year he has 32 points in 50 games. So if you look at it, $10.5 million for a guy to be a you know, two-way center with the bulk of the two-way being defense, that's a problem, and I think it's going to cost him eventually. That's a that's an interesting point. I mean, we'll, we'll go stats don't lie, that's for sure. But they're, they're an interesting team. That's one heck of an expensive press box. you got guys like Seabrook sitting up there. Quenville or whatever the heck his name is on the bench, he's going to be on the hot seat. No doubt about it. The one guy I do wonder about, they've got a couple of uh, young goalies they're trying to bring up there. I think they got that Swedish kid. Does Corey Crawford end up on another team? And if so... Who do you think could use that experience of his? Uh, well, the first team that comes to mind is the Islanders. Uh, they've allowed the most goals in the league, and they've been looking for a goaltender for who knows how long. But probably the Islanders. Carolina is also one of those teams. I know Scott Darling hasn't worked out Cam well there, Ward, so baby. probably the Islanders or Carolina. Cam Ward. He's a, he's a, he's a class act there. I, I don't know. I've loved watching Ward play in goal. Ever, I mean, obviously, he won a Stanley Cup his rookie season. The guy was unbelievable. Absolute freaking electric factor. He was unreal. He's had a tough one. Obviously, Carolina hasn't been good, but I got a lot of faith there in Cam Ward that he's a, he's a beauty. I think he's going to be a coach one day. I think he's got a lot of hockey smarts, a good amount of experience now. He's still young, but I don't like him. One guy I could see uh, Crawford going to, though, Buffalo. They got a dish off Leonard. That guy is just, uh, I can't imagine being his teammate or sitting close to him in the dressing room. I don't think anyone wants to sit within five stalls of him. But, you know, a team like Buffalo, I'm not sure what Ottawa's situation is. If they are going to dish off Anderson or, I'm not sure. But maybe you could see a guy like Crawford going there. I really just think that Chicago's going to have to blow up the farm. And I don't know who's going to take uh, Taves' contract. Maybe uh, the Oilers swap Taves for Dreisaitl or something. Yeah, the East has been crazy also. Philadelphia, Carolina, the Rangers, Islanders, all within a point for the last wildcard spot. Although the Rangers are selling at the deadline, apparently. He thinks, oh, it wouldn't make sense. They've been pretty bad. I think they've got like three wins in their past 12 games or something bad. The the King hasn't been himself. Yeah, yeah, three and seven. So, I mean, their past 10, that shapes up. Henrik Lundqvist. Man, I feel bad for the guy for not having a cup, but yet again, I do not like Swedes, so I'm not going to say that one too loud. But yeah, not not a big fan. Henrik Lundqvist, I, I wish for the best for him. I wish he would get a cup. 
just because he's had such a great career and he really has been that rock there. Other than that, I don't think they have the team to make a make a playoff push. No, they don't. And McDonough, Zuccarello, Nash, I'd ship them off of Alistair Rangers because they're kind of in the whole Minnesota ballpark where they're really between nowhere. They could maybe get a couple wins in the playoffs. Lundqvist could get hot, but they don't have the pieces to win. The Islanders, they are a team that, honestly, they've got a lot of potential. They've got a lot of upside. As you said, goaltending sucks. Their goaltending, I like Halak, actually. I mean, ever since the, you know, he, he was good in the past. I loved him with Montreal when they upset Washington. We're going way back in the day now. He might have been in elementary school then. But uh, uh, Halak, even he, he made a good comeback there playing for Team Europe or Team World, whatever they had at that World Cup of Hockey. When Halak was in net there, he was dynamite against the Canadians in the finals at best of three series. He was awesome. But, you know, he's just not pulling his weight there in New York. They, the Islanders need a new goalie. Can't go to the Nassau Coliseum or NASA Coliseum with a, with a subpar goaltending. Not going to be acceptable. They should be a playoff team. They should be up there. I would, they got to be better than Philadelphia. Philly's got some good high end guys, but, you know, the Islanders, they're having such a good season. Bailey, Tavares, Barzell, they're looking good. You just got to keep the puck in your net, and right now, they've got no support back there. They're around top in the league in scoring. I think they're top three for goals, but they've also allowed the most, so you can try and get into a run-and-gun game every night, but I don't think that's the way that you're going to want to win in the playoffs and down the stretch. They've only scored three goals less than Tampa Bay. That's the best team in the NHL. I mean, you're keeping up with the Kucherovs, the Stamkos, the Tyler Johnson. The, I mean, they are good in Tampa Bay. Point. Yeah. How fast was he at the All-Star game? Did you see that? What did he see, like a 13.6? Yeah, he was only like one or point two off of McDavid. Wow. Good old, good old Sasky boy. He's a former Moose Jaw Warrior, I do believe. Former captain of the Warriors. Love seeing, love seeing Tampa Bay do good. I, I've got still got a little bit of a grudge against them since uh, 2004. Yep, that was a goal. Video replay, coaches challenge probably could have been used back then. But uh, other things going on in the NHL this week's been pretty crazy for those uh, boys in blue. Yep, don't like you, Babcock. We're not going to talk about you. You've got nothing to do with this win. But Austin Matthews, Marner. A couple of kids getting called up from the AHL, lighting the lamp. Uh, what's his name there? Freddie Anderson. He's just been a wall in net. What do you thought about the Leafs so far? Uh, well, they switched up their lines, and I listened to a couple of Toronto radio shows, and they've been vouching for that all season. Uh, Babcock really, you know, he has his kind of two-way checking forwards that he played way too much, like Comrov and whatnot. And, Gosh, you know, I hate that guy. To the, yeah, you know, you move. Komarov to the fourth line you play you start playing Marner more you bring up a guy like Captain from the minors and play Dermot and yeah you know you win four straight I don't get Babcock's formula I mean you got guys like Marner and Matthews and they're they're barely hitting 20 minutes a game I'm actually not even sure if they are hitting 20 minutes a game I know they weren't before but Marner definitely not Matthews even I, I just don't get his formula. You gotta let those guys play. You, you can't shadow them forever. Everyone knows who they are. Get them on the ice. Let them play. I mean, you're not gonna save them for playoffs. It's, it's not like you're gonna rest them that extra two minutes a night. No. 
double shift him on the power play. Get him some time out there. They're some of the most skilled kids in the league, and they're just, yeah, it's, I don't know, mind, mind-boggling what Babcock does there, but we won't go too into that. We've done that about every week now since uh, they've let Cody on the air. Uh, hey, shout-out 12-Ounce Sports Radio. It's a World Hockey Report with Cody and Adam. Coming to you live every Friday, as always, 6 o'clock Eastern time. NHL talk, though. We're still getting with it. Uh, teams buying, selling. I don't know. We're getting around that trade deadline. Not too sure. There's a lot of them on the edge, as we're talking about Toronto. They're sitting pretty. I don't think they've got too much to worry about. The Oilers, they are looking to be sellers. You'd have to assume. You'd have to assume. But uh, a little bit of backup goalie controversy there yesterday. Al Montoya gets his first start for the Oilers. And what's the Edmonton media freaking out about? Because this guy won't give them a damn quote for their newspaper article? That was that was pathetic. It's a guy, he's come in relief three times already for Cam Talbot. They, they traded him just to be a solid backup, play a couple of games. Cam Talbot's laid an egg three times since he's been here. Now the kid's going to get his first start. Shouldn't call him a kid, I mean he's a veteran in the league, he's played. And the, the media is just, just going to roast him. Twitter, Facebook, everywhere. They're, they're actually, it seemed like they were mad that he went into a pregame interview. Like, just, just give him a break. It's his first start. It's in Edmonton. It's against Colorado. I don't know. Adam, give me your two cents. Yeah, I think they just have to relax. Like, at this point, I'll, I'll always watch interviews and, you know, as somebody who's interviewed coaches and players before, you know, a hundred percent what the coach or player is going to say, right? And if they say anything else, it becomes a huge blown out of proportion story. But what's Al Montoya going to say that you need to, you need to hear? Like, and the guy who tweeted about Al Montoya, he doesn't do anything at, at the game other than he'll, he'll cover the game, but he doesn't have to go on air during the game because his station doesn't broadcast the games because they don't have the rights to. So that doesn't really make sense to me. And then, you know, I, I don't get, like, it's it's part of the league, you know, the media's trying to help the team most of the time where they get, they push the players out and they they cover the team for the fans and the fans are the ones that pay and, you know, fill the seats. But at the same time, what's it matter if the guy gives you five minutes of his time? I think it's a joke. I th- I don't think the media is up to. They're they're just looking to start controversy. That's that's the Edmonton media. I mean, they're gonna cry when things go bad. They are. They're the biggest babies out there. I mean, I see it firsthand all the time. It's a joke. And now the media is gonna get mad at one of the players and a backup goalie, to say the least. That's who they're gonna start pointing the blame on. Like, oh, this guy's bad for the team. He's not gonna do a pregame interview for our little newspaper. I don't know. Little. Little bloggers out there. Someone wants to put a good Twitter quote up or something. Stu- I don't know. It was stupid. There's been a lot of dumb shit with the media lately. And realistically, I, I just think they're blowing it out of proportion. Let the guy get ready for a game. I mean, who cares if he doesn't want to talk to the media? I I really don't see a big problem in it. People of Edmonton used to there. I guess they, they think it's a big deal. I don't know. But let the guy play. Let the guy play. Whatever happens after happens. Other other things uh, going on, though. 
Uh, oh, it was a pretty questionable hit yesterday. You see that one, the uh, the Gudis hit, or did, I think you might have tweeted it out. Did you see that? You know, he just yeah, uh, yeah. it was kind of a it was a I don't know, is it like a Superman hit, jump hit, whatever? I don't know what the heck it was, but what did what did you think of that one? I think if it, if it was probably any other guy in the league, without the exception of you know Marshan Gudis, Rafi Torres back in the day. <laughs> It's not really going to be a, a huge story because he's trying to get out of the way of going knee-on-knee knee with his team. But for the fact is that it is Radko Gudis, you see him, and you can definitely tell that he knows that Paul Mary's standing directly behind him and where he's going to land. Yeah, that cheap prick has a history, and I, I, I don't like it just for the fact that no one tries to avoid a teammate like that. You don't jump elbows, fists, stick first, knowing there's someone there, just to get out of the way of a teammate. It's a, it's a cheap play. It's a it's a play where you know you could almost like guarantee that he was trying to make it seem like accidental. Not a fan. Not a fan of that. That's that's kind of the stuff where they want to get rid of headshots. How would you make a statement now? I. If if Marchant gets five games for that, Gudes has a history and a more recent history to say that. What do you, what do you give him? What do you give him for that? I don't know because he didn't make a whole lot of contact with the head. Like he he was a couple feet in the air, which is something you should never be. And I'd probably give him a couple of games. Just like honestly, probably probably six or seven if he's a repeat offender. Just because, but Paul Mary wasn't hurt on the play, although you get a big 260-pound guy laying on top of you, it's probably not, not going to feel too good. But I'd probably give him six or seven just because he's a repeat offender, and the intent wasn't obviously there, but anybody who knows hockey and whatnot, they see him, and they, they're going to assume it was on purpose. I don't know, watching it here uh World Hockey Report Studios, you know, on the big screen, uh, it, it, it's pretty straightforward to the head. I mean, that is a knuckle sandwich. He gets part of the stick. He gets his elbow right at the head. I don't know. Not a fan of it. I don't like that at all. I think that's going to be something where if the NHL actually wants to make a statement, they're going to do something about it. And it's about time they, uh, if they're going to lay the hammer down on Marchant for that, they got to do something on Gudis, repeat offender. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what they come up with. It's the NHL. You never really know. And, it's kind of just uh, what, what you love about the game, right? It's unpredictable. It's kind of just uh, flip a coin. That's just what happens. Um, other other big news going on. The Yager saga. I know we kind of touched on that a little bit last episode. Looked like he was on his way out. and uh, Yeah, I'm pretty sure we were the ones to break the news, actually, on World Hockey Report. That was uh, pretty cool. Got to break the news there. Yager heading back to the Czech Republic. Uh, what's he, 38 games short? of some sort of NHL record there. Do you think he's got a chance to return? You'd have to think not. I mean, I watch most of the Flames games, and no offense to the legend that he is, but he looked like shit in, in the games. He would still kind of slow down the game to make a nice play here or there. And, you know, he had a couple points, but he l- did not look very good defensively or basically playing 5 on 4 offensively he wasn't that hard to contain because you would just stand there and he would make a play and that and that would be that but I think he's got to be done you can only go back and forth so many times and this Calgary thing 
our experiment looks bad on him because he only played, I think it was 22 games or something and was hurt every other game and would get a rest every other game. And he's 46 years old. Like, what do you, what do you expect? I guess. He doesn't have the acceleration watching him. I got to watch him a lot at the start of the year following the flames and stuff, but he doesn't have that acceleration that these young kids got out there. I mean, these guys are so fast. Look at even like Braden Point. I guarantee you before the All-Star game, a handful of people actually knew who Braden Point was in the NHL and knew that name in a, in a home-to-home basis. They, I mean, I, I wonder what Yager's lap time is. It's probably 25 seconds, but uh, realistically, he just doesn't have that acceleration. He doesn't have that uh, that young kid mentality. It's It's a young man's league now. It is something where... These kids are really making it exciting, and guys like Yager struggling to keep up. We'll even be seated. Well, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how he does in Europe. Like, the the Czech Republic, even Russia, they're all following the same trend. They're, they're not getting older and slower like he is. He's a, he's one of his own there, so. It'll be interesting to see what he did. Uh, and the problem, the problem with him, as you might have saw in Calgary, is you almost have to design a line around him where... You can't be going north-south, all three of the guys on the line and have to be thinking east-west because that's the only thing he can do. He tried playing with Monaghan and Gaudreau and that didn't work because he couldn't keep up with them and quite frankly could keep up with anybody else in the lineup. So that was eventually his demise because you basically have to tell two other guys to play differently because of because of him. I honestly don't know if he can keep up with Ryan Reeves nowadays. It's... <laughs> There, there. I just didn't see much positive. I, I do appreciate Calgary actually giving him a shot when it seemed like no one would. The guy's a legend. If anything, he taught all these kids a lesson in the dressing room. I, I do think he was a good guy. I think he's a good leader. I think he's gonna be a, just a good glue guy in the dressing room. Right? He's gonna have some funny stories. He's, he's been there. He's done that. He's done a lot. So, uh, cool for him and good marketing gig too to sell all those jerseys. No kidding. He's gonna be the the Johnny Manziel of the NHL. That's a that's a joke and a half there, but we won't get into too much CFL talk. We'll uh, save that for off the record. But uh, speaking of talking, you know what? Bell Let's Talk Day. That was at the end of the month there. That's past week. That was pretty cool. Did you did you see any cool stories? I I know I I tried to keep up with that. Social media was buzzing. Uh, hey, shout out everyone who re- retweeted us, liked our stuff on uh, Twitter. That was awesome. You know what? If you if you haven't checked us out on Twitter yet, follow us. World Hockey Report, that's World Hockey RPT on Twitter. Toss us a follow. You know what? We're chucking out funny videos, stuff like that, Gudis hit, the Yager thing. If you're missing that, go follow us on Twitter. We're retweeting all that stuff. We had some stuff out there for Bell Let's Talk Day. It was huge. It was awesome to see all the stories. But uh, yet again, Adam, did you see anything uh, cool that really stood out to you? There's a couple brave people out there who, you know, it really takes a lot to share their own story and open up and that's the whole point of the day is to get people to open up and realize that they're not alone it's really cool how you know ellen degeneres in the states and her 30 or 40 whatever million twitter followers she tweets it out to them and that's an extra you know 30 grand for mental health and then a good canadian guy like sean mendez who has you know same amount of followers he tweets it out and that's an extra 20 grand so it's really good to see all the celebrities on bar and I saw a baseball insider, John Morosi, who works for Fox. He said it was trending in the States, too, even. That's awesome. That, that's really cool to see everyone get on board. It's 
it's a great initiative. It's, um, hey, Bell's doing something special there, you know. One thing I, I did tweet out after the case was, you know what, this is a year-round issue for a lot of these guys. It, it's something where people really do have to, it, it's a serious thing. You see it with so many athletes now, it's heartbreaking to see it. And honestly, it's a tough one to, to pull the non-sappy route here. It, it's a tough one to see all these guys struggle with it. But you know what? They're not alone. That's that's a good part about it. It seems like everyone gets on board with it, and it's awesome. You see some of those sad stories. Though. I've seen uh, stuff like Paul Ranger and that. It's crazy. What some of these guys go to, I can never imagine, and I don't, I don't think either of us could really. You, you can't put yourself in one of those shoes. So it's awesome that Bell does it, and it's awesome that some of those celebrities jump on board, right? So that's uh, very cool there. Also, you, you got your dog some FaceTime. While we're still in that Bell Let's Talk, that, you got a toque on uh, the little mutt there, so that looks awesome. That's, uh, that's a pretty cool picture, to say the least. They had, the, I think, a poster at the university or something, and I saw them giving out toques, and all you had to do was go sign your name on the poster, so I did that and gave me a toque, and then, you know, I had the idea to put it on the dog, because who doesn't love dogs, and it's a great way to you know tweet it a couple more times because you should be ashamed of how many tweets you're doing that day or clogging up the feed because it's for an awesome cause and they raised i think six over six million dollars for it but yeah she she didn't love the toque at first but we got it on her no shit that's awesome that's that's uh really cool you know hey it was it was, it was a tough week you know what seeing your dog out there i ended up uh losing my family dog this week so you know what it wasn't a fun one and you, you see a lot of that stuff there was a there's one writer on Oilers Nation I was reading today, actually. I, I didn't really uh, pay too much. I think it was Big Milk or uh, someone there. But you know what? It's a, it's a tough one. Those, those uh, pets, they're your friends. They're, they really are. And so uh, losing my family uh, pet there, that was a, it was a tough one for me. But you know what? You get around it and you got all the support. So I can just imagine what some of those guys are doing. And you know what? Yeah, it was Big Milk on Oilers Nation wrote about that. It's, a, it's not an easy one. But you know what? Having all that support and... I can just imagine some of those guys going through the, the serious mental mental health issues. There's so many cool stories out there. Awesome to see people sharing it. Love that. Bell Let's Talk, Dave. It was a cool one. Definitely uh, a great story. We, we had some other stuff uh, go pretty crazy, though, on Twitter this week. There was uh, We had the, the poll that went out. Um, I seen something right away. My first thought was, like, i got to ask all, our, all of our followers how, how they think about this one. Um, yeah, I think we cracked the 4,500 mark for uh, Twitter followers. That was pretty cool. But we asked uh, Pyeongchang Olympics. They're going to have the coaches challenge. I think that's outrageous, but, you know, that's my uh, two cents. Adam, does this piss you off? Uh, yeah, it does, because I'm one of those who, at the time, I said, okay, let's get a coaches challenge in there. But it seems to be quite an abuse drill at this point where even the slightest of things, a guy calls down from upstairs and says, hey, challenge us and it's an inch offside and it kind of takes away from just, you know, the honesty of the game and the referees. And I'm one of those people who's definitely against the robot umpires in baseball. Cause I think that's a huge spot part of that sport too, not to get too much into it, but just having a, having a real life strike zone in that sport and having real life offside and, you know, referee discretion as a part of a game in any sport. So it's disappointing to see, but I guess it's part of the game now. I hundred percent agree. I, I hate I hate refs more than the rest of my. I guess I don't actually hate them, but come on. I mean, we all dislike them. If you're a former player, you don't really like them. But you know, I'm not a fan of them. But yet again, this whole going upstairs, let's go to Toronto, let's get a robot strike zone. Doesn't matter what it is. 
you know what? You're hiring their employees. Let them play. Let let them do their job. That's that's their job to make those calls. If they get it wrong, that falls on them. Realistically, it's not the end of the world. I I don't think it's the end of the world at all. So and it, it keeps it interesting too, and you know sparks a lot of discussion. So. And, you know, when, as a competitor, when you're playing, you hate the refs when a call doesn't go your way. But at the end of the day, they're there. And for the most part, they do a really good job. I agree. I agree. I've got, I've got no problem with the refs missing a call here or there. Why? Because it happens to all of us. None of, none of us are perfect. That's a 100% fact. But, hey, how are uh, Twitter followers? Went 35% said yes, 27% said no. Yeah, I know, it doesn't equal up to 100. We had a couple of uh, BS fun ones there. We said, uh, no any chellers. Actually, tied that one 27% and then said, get rid of all the refs, 11%. Well, 11% of you're going to be having some pretty fun, pretty fun hockey there. No refs at all. This message, sponsored by fairwaybet.net. All of our Canadian listeners, 18 years or older, don't cheat. you got to be 18. Come on. Fairwaybet.net has a huge selection of hockey games you can bet on, ranging from NHL, even Major Juniors. Have you ever uh, sports select there on Major Juniors? I highly doubt it. The OHL, the Dub, the Q, all the best European leagues and Champions League starting up on Tuesday. KHL, if you're a Nighthawk there, I'm sure they got Olympics and stuff. You know, you can bet pre-game or even live. Adam, how nice would it be to bet in live game? That'd be pretty sweet, eh? That'd be pretty cool. You know, you see uh, the Calgary Flames blowing leads left, right, and center, so might as well toss a little bit while they're up. Uh, you can bet from your smartphone, tablet, or PC. Bet on the go anytime, anywhere. Play for fun using your Visa, MasterCard. See how much you can win. Register today, place a bet, and you get $10 free cash. That's 10 bucks. Just just sign up there. Go place a bet. Have some fun. You're going to be betting anyways. You might as well not waste money on Sports Select or ProLine, any of those other scams. Only for you. And exclusively at fairwaybet.net. Fair, honest, and fun. Adam, CHL Top 10. What did you think of that? And you know what? I know we had a little bit of debate about uh, how some of these teams are dropping out and how uh, Kelowna, well, they're, they're still kicking around at the end. Everett's out, though. Everett's an honorable mention still. They're, they're climbing the rankings, but do you think they deserve to be a Top 10? Uh, I do, but you know you can't argue with what Kelowna's been doing. Shout out Cole Lind, friend of the show. 19-game point streak since getting cut from the World Junior Team, which was bullshit in everyone's opinion. True. But, yeah, he's a, he's on a 19-game heater right now. He's up to, I think, 71 points in 44 games. So the Canucks got an absolute steal in the second round there. Two teams play head-to-head. I believe it's this weekend. No kidding. I might have to put that one on the games to watch. Actually, I've got a couple of really good ones coming up. Stay tuned for that end of the show. Uh, games we're watching this weekend, yeah. But hey, Cologne's been great. Uh, shout out Shonovan, Saskatchewan, obviously Cole in. Absolute beauty. Guy should have been on the World Junior Team. We would not have been in a close game with Sweden if him and Cody Glass were on the team. No doubt about it. Steenberg in your clutch, buddy. Swift Current, Saskatchewan, shout out. Broncos, they're going far. Hey, Broncos, number five. Fifth in Canada. Swift Current Broncos. They've, uh, they've had a couple of tough games. They, uh, played Regina pretty tough there on the weekend. That was a nationally televised game. That was fun. Swift Current Broncos still looking good. They got a big one this weekend. Moose Jaw at number two. I know we're both still not sold on the goaltending, but they seem to be proving us wrong. How much do you know about the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds? And I mean, I, I've seen, uh, Taylor Radish and those guys. They're, they're looking good, but are they, are they truly going to be that, uh, toughest team to beat in Canada? 
I think offensively right now they are. Uh, they got a first-rounder, I believe, from the Flyers, Morgan Frost. He has 82 points in 48 games, so he's been hot. They got Radish, who's on the World Junior team. Boris Kachuk, who's on the World Junior team. He has 33 goals. Connor Timmins, who, you know, became a star at the World Juniors. He's over a point game as a D-man. But, you know, similar to Moosha, I'm looking at their goalie stats and a pretty ho-hum 9-12 save percentage. 9-12s don't win you championships, I'll tell you that for free. And so will Carter Hart, but uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I'm really looking forward to this Mem Cup. Honestly, I kind of I kind of fell out with the whole WHL scene for a while there. It got uh, boring to me for a bit, I guess. It kind of happens like that when you're in juniors, so that's, uh, wow, a whopping, I don't know, that started six or seven years ago now. That's crazy to think. Actually, eight years ago, since the, the first uh, little little dub cap. Shout out back in the day, Michael Ferlin, Braden Shan. What's up, former roomies? So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's a long time ago, but kind of uh, stopped following the dub there for a bit, and now getting back at it. Man, some of these kids are skilled, and the hockey just keeps getting better. You, you get to see guys like Florchuk and Doc firsthand, and just how, how cool are some of these guys? How skilled are some of these young kids actually coming up nowadays? Yeah, it's pretty crazy, and you look at the Blades, who I think have about a 500 record, and their best player is a 16-year-old who's probably going to be a top seven, top five pick in next year's draft. And, you know, you see it throughout the league with the likes of Kalen Addison on Lethbridge, who's going to be a first-rounder, and Cole Fonstead on PA, who's just a little kid from Estevan, but he made the top prospect game. He's going to be a top pick, and, yeah, it's pretty crazy some of the numbers these guys are putting up. It's impressive, to say the least. I, I really do like that. And, uh, hey, we'll stick with the juniors a little bit. Uh, something I wanted to ask you about, because your brother, the, the little bro there, Eric, uh, he's still playing juniors, obviously. But, you know what, CJHL came out with their top 20, got in a little bit of a Twitter debate. Uh, oops, sorry. Sorry, Mom and Dad. I, I swear I didn't uh, get mad at these guys. But, yeah, they're, they're, I, I had very... Very strong feelings towards this one. Top 20 Canadian Junior A rankings. Only one BCHL team. That's the Penticton Vs at number 15. You, you've got to be kidding me. That there's 14 better teams than the top team in the BCHL. And that that's... They've got NOJHL. That's Northern Ontario. They've got Quebec Junior A. Absolute joke of a league. It sucks. It's worse than the SJ. The SI. The Maritimes League. I mean... Come on, there's no way this is true, is this? No, it, it isn't, and obviously I haven't seen a game in the NO or the SI or the Quebec League, but there's a lot of guys who leave the SJHL and get sent home or get cut by the team and are playing Junior B just here in Saskatoon, and then all of a sudden they can just go to the to the SI and put up good numbers too. Like there's a guy here who played, played on the, I believe it was the Quakers and all of a sudden he's a point per game player in the NO, which, you know, it doesn't make sense to me. I, I hundred percent, we won't name drop here uh, for everyone's uh, keepsake there, but yeah, I know a guy who was basically a snip from the Quakers and that's a, they're a good junior B team. Don't get me wrong, but come on, it's still the PJ. Like let's be realistic. You shouldn't be able to go to the, S-I-J-H-L, I was about to name drop there, but they're the number eight team in Canada if you want to do a skill testing question. But yeah, you shouldn't be able to go there and be a point-per-game guy. That's that's outrageous. There's, It's mind-baffling. C-J-H-L, you are a special group. 
for ranking like that. I don't know. Hey, I guess we'll see. When it, when it comes down to the, the national championships there, it, that's really when it shows. And those Western teams, well, they've been winning for a reason. I, I don't think there's uh, any hiding that. CJHL top 20, though. Let's, uh, let's get, uh, skip on that one now. Getting into college hockey there. Adam, college hockey coming up this weekend. Yes, and you know what? Just, just to get ready for college hockey, why doesn't everyone try Wits Nutrition and Performance? It offers personal training, custom supplementation, and meal plans. You know what? It offers the training, macronutrient coaching. All, pa- all plans are tailored specific for the individual's lifestyle and goals. You can find the balance between your social life and the gym. Remember, fitness is a marathon, not a sprint. Give the guys at Wits Nutrition and Performance a call at 780-689-1871 or just an email at wnpperformance2018 at gmail.com. Boy, getting in shape, eh? That's, uh, that's, uh, that's a fun I, one. Yeah, you, you sent me a Snapchat of you at the gym today. Oh, <laughs> the kid had to get back. That was... You know, I had a tough, uh, tough gym sesh there in December, and so I decided to take a six-week break, <laughs> straight up booze and cookies. So, you know, the, the kid is about time to get back in the gym. But uh, no, hey, I can vouch for those guys. Which nutrition and performance, Curtis Whitney's a beauty. You know, he's a former junior hockey player. The guy's got a couple of rings on him too, champion. No big deal. But uh, yeah, yet again, hey, you're looking to get in shape. You're looking to play juniors, college, whatever. Wits Nutrition and Performance. They're absolute beauties there. Top of the line. Probably the, probably the best there. I think you probably hook your brother up, eh? You get him some free uh, workout plans. Whatever whatever the kids do nowadays. Do people even work out in juniors anymore? I'm not even sure. You just uh, show up, have fun. Probably how it's going, right? Midget trip style. You know, everyone has fun. Everyone should get equal playing time. According to that Yorkton kid back in the day. Whatever happened with him? Did he just get canned from the hockey world or what? Yeah, I'd, I'd have to assume that a lot of people stepped in and said, I've been yelled at worse by my three-year-old cousin than, than that. So Yeah, I yeah, think that I, guy I, should kick I'm going to assume that people stepped in and kind of said, like, hey, like this isn't as bad as this guy's making it seem. It's about time that kid eats a bowl of humble pie. I mean, well, he's like averaging something like stupid, like three or four minors. Again. I don't know. I don't know the official statistics, but... Yeah, kid was being a baby, gets snipped from the team. That's uh, 100% agree with that. But Okay, we'll skip that. On to college hockey now. Uh, top five blogs out, World Hockey Report. Did you check it out on Twitter? I hope you did. Because, yeah, top five, we a little bit of shakeup. A little bit of shakeup out there. Clarkson, a former number one. Some people, crazy ones, give them. They still got the Golden Knights at number one. Come on, I mean, this team tied Brown on the weekend. Luckily, they had a good performance against Yale. Sheldon Rample had a couple of bingos there against Yale. And, uh, I mean, realistic, we had we had Northeastern up there. Adam Gaudet's been sick. We'll get to him in a bit. But if Northeastern didn't suck on the road, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Clarkson, uh, yeah, you're number five. Three to four possible points this weekend. Uh, checking with their schedule, though. They got Quinnipiac on the road tonight. Then tomorrow night, they got Princeton. Should be a couple of easy ones. Unranked teams. I don't think Clarkson's going to have too much problem there. Looking at number four, Notre Dame. I, I know you had a lot to uh, get to say there about Notre Dame's tendy, uh, Kale Morris. He's been having a great season, to say the least. He's got a 1-6-1 goals against average and a 9-5-2 save percentage. That's going to be up there with like the guys like Carter Hart and stuff, eh? 
Yeah, it is. And I'm going to go ahead and say that Div 1's a lot tougher competition, you know, a lot of bigger guys. And, you know, we've talked about this for a while. Notre Dame, they only have the one guy, Jake Evans, who's over a point per game as as of today. And Caleb Morris has been a stud for them. Caleb Morris has been unreal. That's a huge reason. They're still doing good. I'm not sold that they're one of the best teams in the league. Everyone does keep putting them up there, but they did get uh, knocked off by Minnesota. That was a tough one. That's, uh, hey, Casey Middlestat's great. OT winner, that was clutch. Clutch Barry for him. Clutch little tuck home and OT at home. That was a big one, but Notre Dame will still keep you at four. I, I still like you. I still think you've got potential. You just got to pick up that scoring a little bit, a little bit. Number three, Ohio State, new one. Watch these guys. I haven't paid much attention to them this season. You know, I try watch as much college as I can, try balance all that hockey. But you know what? A strong goaltending performance all season. Both their tennies have been good, uh, Romeo there. But Lashinsky's got 36 points. They're making mincemeat out of the Big Ten. They've been uh, really good. They uh, beat Michigan there twice, 4 nothing, 5-3. They got another battle, Michigan. This time it's Michigan State Big Ten this weekend, tonight, tomorrow night. Ohio's good. And I really, I was impressed with them, watching them last week over Michigan. Michigan's a good team. Number 17 there. They're pretty good. I think they're number 20 now, actually. But uh, number two, got Minnesota State. It was an easy weekend for the Mavs. They got the development team. Uh, won't get too much into that. I, I do like the development team, but realistically, I don't know how these guys actually go into a game like that. Like, it really doesn't matter. It doesn't count. But you're like playing your little brother, essentially. Because these kids are going to be stepping onto your team eventually. So, I don't know. They had Anchorage, Alaska, or, uh, Alaska Anchorage coming up this weekend. Should be a good one. Number one. What do you think of these guys? Uh, the Cornell Big Red. The Nerds. Two big wins. Anthony Angelo. Huge weekend. Hattrick over Harvard. That freshman kid. Shutting the door all weekend. Who can beat these guys? Cornell's been red hot at them. If you got to pick one team to beat the Big Red. The big red fire, the fire train, I don't even know what you call them. They are red hot. But who, who could beat Cornell so, right now? I'm not sure. The home of the Nard Dog, hey? <laughs> Nard Dog. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I totally forgot about that. Love the office. Well, shut out the office. Hey, that's coming back very soon. <laughs> home of the Nard Dog. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm pretty high on Notre Dame. I think that Minnesota State's had a pretty easy schedule. and They're not one of those Power Five or, you know, hockey schools that you talk about. And I think that... Notre Dame's got a good chance if any team out east like Boston uh, Boston University and Dante Fabro had a hat trick the other night. So you look at those teams and the teams, the the real pedigree and the top-end talent, I think that you need that in any league, especially at college hockey. And I, I'm going to go with Notre Dame for now, mainly due to goaltending, but I look out for one of the teams out east. Fabro screwed over Mahura at World Junior time, so yeah, that's a, still a bitter one, but we'll... We'll get over that. I don't know. A team who could probably knock off Cornell while they're hot would be someone like Northeastern. And same with St. Cloud State. I mean, some of those teams, like, they get, they've, they can be the best team in the league or they can be the worst. They are so inconsistent that it makes it fun. And you know what? Guys like Adam Godhead, he's actually uh, tied for first. Scoring Vancouver Canucks got a steal there. He'll be up in the league. Guaranteed. Very similar to Brock Besser, actually. Probably going to have a better season than Besser had last year. But, uh, at Northeastern, Godet's looking good. A um, couple of undrafted players. What do you think of this? They're the the second and the third highest scores in the league are both undrafted. What what does that say about the NCAA? I mean, is that 
does that show off how good their talent pool is? Or are maybe uh, NHL teams st- still not considering these guys well enough? I don't know. Uh, it kind of depends on a variety of things. Like you see some guys in college hockey play and, and they're men. And it kind of depends if their numbers are coming all against the top teams and or while they're playing a, a weekend game at who, who knows, like, Give give me one of the worst teams in the NCAA, like you're playing a weekend game at Mercyhurst or something like that, where it's kind of point weekend for the boys, and, and that's how you get your points. But I think that guys in college hockey, you know, just they somehow, they're hockey players, right? If you put up that many points, I know Gensel's, Jake Gensel's one of the top scorers at Nebraska Omaha, and you see what he does two years after he's done there. Point weekend for the boys. I love it. There's nothing better that you could hear for that. But yeah, hey, shout out Nick Halloran, uh, Halloran, Colorado College, Dylan McLaughlin, Canisius, a couple more of those. Like Brady Ferguson and Robert Morris. Some of those guys just uh, having a great season there. Lashinsky, as we said, with Ohio State. I think they're gonna be great players. So uh, yeah, that that's a uh, pretty key. I do really think that these guys are actually gonna be a uh, solid NHLers. So um, there's some undrafted players that really you're gonna hear about in the next few years. Moving over, ACHA, yet again, we are uh, kind of cutting it close. A lot of NHL talk recently. I, I like that, though. I'm not going to complain about that one bit. Uh, top five, ACHA, Lindenwood. They had the weekend off, and I, I did move them down. I, I hate seeing weekends off. It's actually so hard when you're trying to pick a top five, and you're like, well, what the hell do I do now? It seems like they got the weekend off. Can't really watch them. No disrespect to move them down five, but, hey, the Ohio University had the great weekend there. Big win over Robert Morris, Illinois. We'll get to them. They're number three this week. But uh, number four, Liberty, high-scoring team. They they really had a shootout against Delaware there. Two big wins, but yet again, their goaltending was just horrendous. I don't know. I you, you can win some of those games in regular season with poor goaltending, but I really think once it comes to playoffs, they're in trouble. That's why they're at number four. Number three, I got uh, Ohio University. They swept Robert Morris, Illinois. That was a big one. Those are the two teams battling for a fifth spot last weekend. Ohio pulled ahead. Bobcats, you know, strong game. Rudin had a couple of big goals. They dumped uh, Robert Morris, Illinois. I, I, do, I do like what they're how they're putting things together this season. They're, they're really coming on strong in the second half. Ohio, they've got Oakland this weekend. Rumor has it Oakland wants to be the next NCAA D1 team, so... Uh, We'll see how that goes, but a big weekend for Ohio, just in the fact that a couple more big wins is going to keep them in that top three as a serious contender. Number two, I got Adrian. Adrian was good. Uh, a couple of big wins there this weekend. I mean, they obviously, they, they dusted Illinois State. It wasn't too much of a competition, but 16-3 to over two games, that's a no-brainer. They're still a top two team, but number one, Minot State, the Beavers. Adam, how many times have you been down to Minot in your life? I think once, just while driving through to go to, like, Moorhead, Minnesota for a hockey school or something like that. But it's definitely a border town by good old Estevan, Saskatchewan, which is my dad's stomp, stomping grounds. The old Papa Trout stomping grounds. Estevegas. What a place, what a place. Well, Minot, you know, they got a pretty sick team as well. I don't know, I think they're they're a top-two team for sure. It's a toss-up. Everyone's got them and Adrian uh, flip-flopping back and forth. So I got mine on as number one. They absolutely dusted their competition this weekend of Midland. Shout-out Henry Brothers, ex-Missoula Maulers, R.I.P. Helena Bighorns, 
also the next team to go down there. They got Utah. They got weekend off, actually. They got Utah next weekend. So, yeah, we'll uh, give them a little break there. Some of the top scorers, though, in that league, a couple of guys absolutely ripping it up. Uh, Grant Garvin at Liberty, 59 points. A lot of former BCHL guys I'm actually seeing head down there. I don't know. That's uh, interesting. It's kind of cool to see, though. That's uh, definitely stepping up over the NCAA D3. It's kind of the popularity is getting better, but some of these teams, I mean, they're getting treated good. They're playing in front of, I mean, they're playing in big rinks that hold two, 3,000 people. It's it's cool to see. So, Ukrainian kid from Mercyhurst at number two, Pavel Nada. I don't know. That's how we'll go with pronouncing his name. 53 points at Mercyhurst. Zane Schwartz from Liberty. He's got 51 points from Surrey. Or, no, played for the Surrey Eagles, I guess. Dylan Hart from Drexel. He's got 49 points. I don't know, there's some good players coming out of there. That that's gonna be an interesting one to see how it comes down. I love how they doing how they do their nationals because they got sixteen teams, it's like a play down, it's uh it's everything you want. Exciting. Maybe football should try that. But ACHA D one rankings Friday, February second. Run down the ACHA rankings. We get some more stuff coming up here. Well I get to, uh who's on the move? A lot of people on the move. We got some European hockey. We're gonna bring on uh Steven Ellis, Eurohockey.com. Let's bring him in right now. Get him on the line. Here is Stephen Ellis, uh, international hockey journalist. Joining me on the show, interview sponsored by Inner Mind Sports. A lot of stuff happening out there. I know you've been uh, busy covering some stuff, but one, one of the bigger things coming from the NHL this week, Yager's on his move over to Europe. I know you cover a lot over in those uh, Eastern European countries and some of the smaller countries, but uh, Czech Republic. He's going back to his old club there in Klodnos. So uh, what did you think of that move, and uh, do you think it's going to work for him? Well, you know what? Like, He has nothing else to accomplish in the NHL, so I don't think that uh, – I think it's the right decision for him. You know, he gets to go back home, and he could uh, focus on the rest of his life. And, you know, it, it's a lot less pressure for him. He doesn't have to worry about performing at the highest standard every single night because, well, he's not going to fire himself, essentially. But um, he's uh, – you know what? He again. He had a good career. It was kind of questioned if he was actually going to do anything with Calgary because he did start late in the season and it didn't seem like he had been going full out in the summer to prepare for it. And you know, again, it's it'll be kind of cool to see what he could do. And it looks like he will be playing a, a bit with uh, uh, o, uh, uh Trinek, also a bit in the top Czech league uh, on top of playing for Kladno. So really busy. And you know, again, it was it was cool to see him get one last shot in the NHL. But I think he'll. Uh, It'll be really cool to see if, in fact, he does get to play against Peter Nedved uh, this weekend. Yeah, Nedved there. He's in, um, where the heck? I just I just seen that the other way. Uh, Benatke. That's, uh, that'll be pretty cool to see those two uh, two greats go at it. You could almost say they're ex-NHL guys. But, yeah, Claude, no, I mean, they're kind of in the same position as Trinic there for making a playoff push in the third spot. I, I mean, it's, it's still going to be fast hockey. That's my biggest worry with Yager is you know what, he, I really don't think he had a great summer of off-season training. I think it is starting to catch up to him now, even more than ever, is the whole speed, the acceleration from some of those young guys. So it will be will be interesting to see how that plays out, and maybe he's just a power play player in Claude No, basically a player coach. I'm not too sure where I can exactly see him in the lineup, but uh, I mean his skill set's going to be next to none. And uh, What do you think about his skating? Is he going to be able to still dominate over there? 
like he'll, he'll be significantly better than most of the other players there. And yeah, he is 45. But the one thing you'll see in a lot of these European leagues or in Asian leagues, you'll see a lot of guys who are older but have the experience of playing somewhere in North America, so they know how to play at that high level. And you know what, Yager wasn't at an NHL pace, but let's not forget how good he was the last couple seasons. Uh, like he had 66 points two seasons ago with the Panthers. He had 46 points last year. It just it, the Panthers didn't have a good team, and you know he was missing some line mates, and it was kind of a tough situation overall. Mm-hmm. But you know I think that he's got a lot left still in the tank. Like I can think he could play another two three years at least, and you know, again he'll be better than pretty much everybody in uh, that he played in the Czech uh, D two league. So. Um, Again, I think he'll be he'll be a very valuable asset to both Claudio and uh, uh, Trenick, and uh, I, I'd love to see what he can do. I think he can end up being one of the top scorers if he plays a full season next year. One thing I think is going to be pretty cool in Claudio is he's going to be playing with his former teammate there in Omsk, Anton Kirinov. So that'll be pretty cool. It's a it, that's a weird ass league. I mean, playing in there from experience, those, those top teams they've got so much money, and the bottom teams can barely buy sticks. It's a uh, it's outrageous world over in the Czech Republic, but you know how? I mean, some of these teams bringing in guys that play in the KHL and were point per game guys in the KHL, and now playing in the Czech second league. It's a it's a real weird situation. So you can definitely see that quality of hockey with those top teams. It's still really good, and I mean, Yager's not going to be in for a cakewalk two point a game nights anymore. It's uh, it's going to be a battle for him. What what do you think is next step? Do you think he's going to be going over to Russia next uh, next season or? Uh, you know what? I, I think for his his sake, uh, I think you just stick there, go and make an impact on your own team or your, the own team you own and the the organization you work with. I think there'd be a, a better benefit for him because uh, you know KHL like I, I don't think he has much left in the tank there either. So uh, I think playing in Czech Republic will kind of let him just finish his career at home. He's he's nearing fifty years old. Like I don't know how much longer he really thinks he could play so it'll give him a chance to kind of stay with his family and uh, kind of focus on things like that and you know uh, Clyde has got some good players so their their backup goalie is Miroslav Kopiva and uh, if you don't know who he is he was a Minnesota pro- a Minnesota Wild goalie prospect about uh, 12 years ago and he was good enough that they thought that he actually could have made the team and now he's playing the second uh, level of Czech hockey so um, like the team has some good players on there and uh, I think it would be better for him just to kind of stick there because I don't, I don't know how much of an impact he really would make in the KHL and he'd make some more money but I don't think he really needs more money and I don't think he uh, like I think he should start going for championships uh, at home I'd agree it's a it's a toss-up for sure there so that'll be interesting but uh, next uh, Olympics coming up here I know you'll be uh, covering those a lot you know we'll, we'll go through this one a little bit quicker but uh, what's one team who you're uh, pretty excited to watch play in the Olympics? Uh, that's for sure Team Switzerland. That's a team that for years I've been kind of saying, like, these guys, people need to start taking them seriously. They've got a lot of talent. They've got a lot to work with. And uh, I think they have some of the best goaltending in this tournament. they got Jonas Heller, and we all know him. And Leonardo Giannetti, he was H.G. Dallas' star for many, many years. And Tobias Stefan, a former Dallas Stars goaltender. So you've got some really good goaltending. You could throw kind of any of those three guys out there. They're all veterans. that all got a ton of experience. And the one thing they always are good at is having really strong defense. And that was something that they actually didn't really shine at, let's say, at the World Juniors or even the Spangler Cup, obviously two different levels. But they got guys like Rafael Diaz, who has had a great season this year in the MLA. And you got Felicia Dubois, who's a very physical presence and probably one of the tougher guys that players will have to play against. And they've got a, a 
forward core that's kind of stuck together for years, and then you throw in P.S. Suter, who was a really young guy. So I think that's a team that everyone really needs to keep an eye on because they have a lot of skill, they know how to play on the big ice, and they've worked together for basically the core now for years. So I think that'll be a really fun team to watch. And uh, they've got a tough one, though. they got to play the Czechs, and they got to play Canada. And, you know, South Korea almost beat Team Canada, so you can't count them out. So I think there's a lot of excitement with the Swiss team, knowing that without the NHLers, they, they do meet they do lose a lot of their key guys, but I think they're in better standing than teams like Slovakia or Norway or Germany or teams like that. I do hope Janoni gets a couple of starts. Love watching him in Davos. So that's uh, one team I'm really looking forward to. And you know what? It's kind of an outsider, but as you said, there's still that um, that part of unknown with no NHLers there. So I, I hope the Germans can actually uh, have a good tournament. They've they've been out of the hockey world for a little while. They've been up and down for sure, but. You know what? They they got a good team there. Erhoff, Gotch, Wolf. They've got a couple of uh, Canadian kids. Well, Canadian Germans there. Uh, Daryl Boyle, former Brandon Wheat Kings captain. Brooks uh, yeah, Malchia, they, they've got some guys that Calgary. Uh, yeah, they've got, they've got guys with experience. They got guys like Gotch, who obviously played in the NHL for many years. They've uh, they got a couple guys that had previously. Yeah, been born in Canada, so they got some guys with experience here in North America. Uh, I think they got another good uh, defense core. I know Sinan Akdag was recently just uh, added to the team, but I think he's a really uh, good young defenseman. Uh, Christian Erhoff, again, you know, he's got a lot of experience in the NHL. Uh, that's another team that's got great goaltending. Dennis Andres was the star of the 2010 World Championships. I, I have one of his jerseys, actually. And then you got Danny Ostenberg, and, you know, he's been a kind of a cult goaltender in Germany for a long time, and Timo Palmier, also another guy who has uh, experience in the NHL, so they've got a lot of talent, and that's a team that it, they will definitely benefit, obviously, from having a lot of the top teams, uh, a lot of the top players gone. They do have a tough group, like they have Sweden and Finland, two teams that will easily be gold medal contenders, but, um, you know, Germany, I think, has got a good defense core, and uh, they're, they're going to need to get some goals, that's their issue, because they're strong defensively, they got good goaltending, and that's kind of been their story for a long time in international hockey, but they don't have is a lot of good goaltending, or a lot of good offense, and that's something that they'll need to kind of work on in this tournament. Now, how I see it is if they can beat Norway, then they just got to knock off Sweden or Finland. And you know what? The the Finns are still a toss-up for me. I do think the Swedes are going to be one of the stronger teams. There's no doubting that. But you know what? If they can knock off Finland or Norway, maybe they can make it to a medal game. That's uh, that's a pretty cool hope there. But uh, other other small countries, I know we haven't been talking about majority hockey countries here, but you at uh, covering stuff for Euro Hockey and stuff, there's some pretty cool uh, small countries uh, in action now. What, what have you, uh, you seen or some of the coolest stories, I guess, you've seen so far in 2018? Well, uh, the one thing is that uh, a team that I've loved to watch the last couple of years is um, – it's Lebanon, and they, they kind of started up last year, and they didn't have much money, and it was kind of like, okay, well, let's see where this can go. And they've now been t- uh, playing a lot of um, teams in the Quebec area, and uh, they I know they're trying to come to Ontario. We've, we've tried to get them in contact with some uh, CWHL teams and kind of see what they can kind of do against that. That would be really cool publicity. Uh, uh, another team that's kind of in a similar thing is Jamaica. They're a team that they've, they've, they've made it clear they want to make the 2022 Olympics. Um, it is impossible at this time. They can't make the 2022 Olympics, but they kind of refused us listen to that um and then uh you know egypt they're gonna look like they're gonna do their return at the uh um in a tournament in abu dhabi coming up um in a few months the golf cup and that's a tournament that uh, has 
that, that went away for a few years, but it looks like they're going to try to continue making it a, uh, an annual thing. You know, Morocco's there, so teams like that. So uh, the one thing that people, I've told people, look out for those Asian countries. They're going to be the ones that are going to really be starting to put a big push into this because they've now seen that South Korea is um, going to the Olympics, and they've had some success over the last few months. Like they got promoted to the top division of the World Championships for the first time ever. So I think we're going to see a lot of teams from Asia start to rise up, and I think that's pretty exciting, especially with the Challenge Cup of Asia growing at the rate that it has the last few years. That's awesome. No, it's awesome to hear about some of those smaller countries that, you know what, they don't get the, the exposure and all that stuff. But uh, I'd like to thank you for coming on. Obviously, it's uh, pretty pretty cool to take the time out of your day. You know, a uh, big journalist there getting stuff done in school and actually covering a ton of hockey. I'm excited to uh, look, look at some of your Olympic work coming up here. That's going to be uh, pretty cool. But got Stephen Ellis. Uh, how can people connect with you? Uh, best uh, best way to follow or to connect to me is uh, check me out on Twitter at Stephen Ellis NHL. I tweet a lot of junior hockey and a lot of international hockey, and uh, I'm gonna be uh, we're gonna have some breaking news kind of soon. I think about hockey news Uzbekistan, and uh, it may involve a major uh, European league. So uh, keep an eye out for that. There it is. Go give him a follow, Stephen Ellis, international hockey journalist. Thanks for joining me on the show today. Yeah, thanks very much for having me. <laughs> There you go. Thanks, uh, Ellis, for joining us. That's awesome, as always. Hey, Champions Hockey League Finals. Coming up Tuesday, Vecco versus JYP. Might as well check that out. Should be on the TSN, NHL Network. Probably going to be on there. But uh, now, the newest segment. I think we're about two weeks old on this one. Uh, who's packing their shit? Adam, there's uh, one guy. You know what? You're pretty happy to see him packing some suitcases. Uh, go for it. Mike Fisher. And I don't know why he's packing his shit, because wouldn't you want to stay home with uh, Carrie Underwood? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, I guess we probably shouldn't say that, but no, oh my goodness. I don't know. That's a, that's a pretty crazy choice to come back into the league, but he's got to see how good Smashville's doing. He's missing it. He's missing it 100%. Hundo P. He sees that Nashville's got another chance at it. He can't sit home without uh, knowing that he lost in the cup finals. I could see it happening. I guess it's good for an older guy like him that he's only going to have to play 30 regular season games plus the 20 or 30 playoff games he'll be playing. But, you know, he doesn't move the needle for them. And if you want to go there and take face-offs and penalty kill, by all means. I think that's what he's going to do. He's going to be a glue guy. He's going to be a leader. They've got some good young guys on that team. So, huh, we'll see where it helps out. As we already said, uh, Yager's on the move, so no surprise. But, uh, hey, former NHLer Matt Nickerson. I don't know, did you see that video online? That was crazy. The guy went and attacked a fan in the UK there, the Elite League, the EIHL. Matt Nickerson goes and absolutely dusts a fan. It's outrageous. If you haven't Google it, I don't know, whatever, the YouTube, the Twitter, use whatever you want. It was nuts. I mean, he just went on an absolute rampage. He was a third-round pick by the Dallas Stars. You got to go check that out. He was playing with uh, the Milton Keys Lightning. The EIHL spent some time in Belfast and stuff there. Absolutely lost his marbles. Pretty crazy. He went and attacked a fan. That's gutless. So, uh, yeah, the league suspended him. No doubt about that. Uh, yep, you can pack your shit, Nickerson, and uh, head right out. Next segment. Uh, what's trending? Going through Twitter there. Uh, hey, there was a big game last weekend. I'm not sure how much he caught of that one. But uh, Banishevitz, NC State. It was the backyard brawl. UNC versus... Uh, North Carolina there, UNC versus NC State. That was a pretty good game, actually. It was, it was crazy. It was tight down to the end, 6-5 win, NC State shutout. Sam Banishevitz, a pretty nasty tuck there, and a 6 celly to say the least. That's crazy to see some of those uh, ACHA, it's a, I don't know, D2 or D3. 
should probably know this stuff. We're on a hockey show, but uh, did you see how many people were there? Yeah, there's a ton, wasn't there? Yeah, it was nuts. It was they're playing in uh, the PNC Arena, wherever the Hurricanes play. They had that bottom bowl. It was just packed. It was it was lit. It was crazy. I was. It's more than a more than a Hurricanes game. <laughs> That's very true. That's wow. Also, we got in a little. Uh, well, we I'll throw you under the bus here, but you were chirping some guy on Twitter there. He's trying to tell us that uh, ACHA doesn't matter, and these guys aren't on the map to schools. And oh, okay, bud, here. Your NCAA wrestling and water polo is doing great there at Northern Colorado. Come on. There's thousands. And I mean, I don't know how many thousands I want to throw out there, but let's just go with thousands. Easy. Maybe even close to, I don't know, five plus. It's, I don't know how many fit in that PNC arena, but whatever. Thousands are watching NC State Hockey take on UNC the Tar Heels. Come on. Come on. And you're going to try telling me that this doesn't matter to people? Get real. Did you see that video? FHL coach there, uh, that Czech coach in Carolina, grabs a stick and tries to tomahawk a referee. I mean, I hate zebras, but that's uh, that's a little bit crossing the line. Yeah, that's a little ridiculous. Those coaches in Europe, they sometimes go at it, hey? Like Mike Keenan back in the day. (laughs) No kidding. You love the KHL, eh? But yeah, it was a European coach too. It's a Czech guy coaching the the Fed. So what else would you expect, right? That's a slap shot to a T. But that's a... That's an outrageous tomahawk to the dome of a ref. <laughs> There's no way. No way that guy's allowed back. I don't know. Can, can they go, like, if there's one thing in hockey that could be a criminal charge, I'd have to say, like, that's got to be up there. That's uh, that's pretty crazy. Another thing, uh, we went on Twitter there. It kind of went viral, actually. We had a lot of comments, retweets, stuff like that. Some horrible commentators. We don't want to rip on uh, certain brands too much, but... There's been some pretty subpar commentary in the NHL of recent. I, I know you've noticed it, and same here. You're almost at a point where you want to just mute your TV, and there's so many that are there because they played or whatever. But just because they played does not mean that they're gonna they're gonna do well. Um, and especially like there, there's one thing to to say state the obvious and whatnot, but at least like speak clearly and don't mumble through your words or you complete asshole to the team and think that you're the third coach of the team. Like Ray Farrow to me is the complete, like he's, he's the best. And even at the world juniors, you could tell he wanted McCarr to play, but he goes, I'm not trying to coach the team here, but you'd think that Kale McCarr is playing, which is, which is fine to say he does. He's not cookie cutter. Like most of the other ones or yeah, that's ridiculous. Love Ferraro, love Gordon Miller. They're awesome. But yeah, it's, it's kind of gotten outrageous. And I, I'm starting to wonder if it, if it's because we're seeing more of them just with how many more games are being broadcast, I'm not going to complain about that because I, I love watching hockey, obviously. But, yeah, you're seeing the, the talent pool and the whole play-by-play, the color commentary, the analysts really getting watered down. And it, it's a shame. It, it is. There's some great guys doing post-game shows for the Flames and stuff. They're, they're, they're awesome out there. they got good insight. They're just everything about it. I mean, they put on a true show. They're, they're not Don Cherry, obviously. Not many people are going to be, but... Some of those former players that, you know, they just sit up there to throw them on TV, throw the name out there, whoop-dee-doo, whatever flag you've worn on your chest before. Doesn't mean you're going to be a good commentator. The one that makes me mad with with play-by-play guys specifically is don't get a player wrong that shoots and when they shoot opposite hands. That's probably the number one rule. Don't get a player wrong if they shoot opposite hands. Like I know it happens and in some of those ranks you're pretty high up, but... 
don't get Ryan Strom and Drake Kajula mixed up. <laughs> yeah, I wonder, I wonder who uh, color commentates that one. There's there's been a couple of questionable ones. It's honestly, I mean, you got to put yourself in their shoes. Maybe they're out in the best site all the time, but yet again, you do hope for them to be professionals. And yeah, there's uh, sometimes where it is tough to listen, and so. You might just want to put that on mute or, hey, maybe even just throw a podcast or a show on like World Hockey Report. We always uh, appreciate the follows. You can tune in every Friday, 6 o'clock, 12-ounce sports radio. Even, hey, we're getting on Podomatic. We're on Google Play. Shows are getting archived now, 12OunceSportsRadio.com. It's pretty awesome. But, uh, hey, this message sponsored by FairwayBet.net. For all our Canadian listeners, 18 years or older, yeah, you have to be over 18, so uh, no exceptions. Bet on fairwaybet.net and receive better odds, fast payouts, and an amazing selection of over 30,000 games per month. Fairwaybet.net is your premier sports book with the largest selection of hockey games to bet on. They got everything. NHL, Major Juniors, European Hockey. You can bet pre-game or even live. I mean, that's in-game. All of a sudden, your team's down by five, and you're like, well, maybe Connor McDavid's going to have a good comeback. Might as well just toss a couple of stacks on him. Could get rich. Bet pre-game or live. Bet from your smartphone, tablet, PC. Bet on the go anytime, anywhere. Play for fun using your Visa MasterCard. See how much you can win. Register today. Get $10. Welcome cash bonus when you sign up. Place a bet only for you and exclusively at fairwaybet.net. Fair, honest, and fun. What are we watching tonight there, Adam? A couple of cool games on the schedule. I know uh, you got a busy weekend coming up here, but uh, what's something you're looking forward to? Probably the uh, biggest game of the season in the dub as far as playoff implications. Uh, Blades take on the Raiders, both fighting for the final wildcard spot, both coming off losses to Red Deer. I'll probably be paying attention to that one. And then, you know, Saturday night, Hockey Night Canada, I think the probably Flames and Oilers play. Probably Flames. Yeah, that's uh, it's going to be a good weekend. Obviously, the Blades and uh, Raiders, that's going to be a great game. But uh, a couple of them I got. Might as well drop some money on it, right? Fairwaybet.net. Go check it out. Uh, Washington versus Pittsburgh in the show. WHL. Broncos versus Hurricanes. We got Stuart Skinner, Estepan, those guys taking on the Canes. That'll be a good one. NCAA. Number 18, Wisco. The Badgers taking on number 20, Michigan. I don't know who I'm going to pick on that one. It's a, it's going to be a good game. Grant Bessie, shout out, Benilde. Love that one. ACHA. Big game, midnight game. UK versus Georgia. Hey, we've had a couple of them on, eh? Clay Pergram, Carter Penzine. That's a big one. Matchup SECS right before their playoffs, too. So huge playoff implications there. Getting them set right before the SEC playoffs. We'll definitely be tuning into that one. Don't think I can bet on that one on fairwaybet.net, but hey, maybe get a little friendly bet going between uh, former World Hockey Report guests. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Adam, any, any other big plans for this weekend here? I, I know we're uh, we're kind of football guys, but are you going to be watching the Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, you know, I'm a big NFL guy, big CFL guy, mostly NFL. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll watch the Super Bowl for sure. I agree. I would, uh, who, who are you going to pick? Do you think, uh, Foles has a chance at actually, uh, maybe overcoming the GOAT here and, uh, coming home with a ring? I think so. You know, I'm a, I'm a big Brady guy. I love Tom Brady. I think that uh, what he's done is, is incredible. I'm going with the Eagles for this one. It's, uh, I think if you're going to put money down on the Eagles, that's a good one. But, uh, hey, fairwaybet.net's uh, giving away some pretty good cool prizes for this. I'm not sure who I'm going to put money on, though. The, the, the Eagles are good. Are they that good, though? You give Tom Brady the ball in the fourth quarter. Who's, who's really going to be winning this? So, it'll be interesting. Interesting to see how things play out. But yeah, definitely Super Bowl Sunday. 
maybe look to make a couple of bets, make some stuff. Um, yeah, hey, shout out Intermind Sports, Wits Nutrition Performance, Fairway Bet, all making this happen. World Hockey Report with Cody Jansen, Adam Herman Trout, every Friday, 6 o'clock Eastern Time on 12 Ounce Sports Radio. 12 Ounce Sports Radio, the home sports radio sports talk. Over 30 shows. Also, coming up tonight, play-by-play. I guess I'll, I'll be jumping in the booth here at the JRC. Still to come on 12-ounce sports radio. Couple hours time, Fort Saskatchewan Hawks. They're in action. Yeah, catch that Edmonton Royals. All coming up, 12-ounce sports radio. Catch it live. Starting 10 o'clock Eastern time, pregame show coming at 9.50. We'll get that, some Capital Junior Hockey League action, 12-ounce sports radio. Live hockey with me. Adam's not going to be joining me. Maybe he'll come on an intermission for fun or something like that. But other than that, uh, hey, everyone, enjoy your weekend. Come back, same time, same place, Friday, 6 o'clock follow, Eastern follow Time. Follow us on Twitter. Follow Fo- us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. Yeah, I'll say that three more times. Follow us on Twitter. World Hockey Report, that's World Hockey RPT. We appreciate all of our Twitter followers. Let's get us up to 5,000, okay? Also, go check out the store. It's on our website. Go check it out. Buy some swag, get a cool sweater, maybe a beer mug, coffee mug, whatever your drink of choice is on this Friday night. You might as well get in one. World Hockey Report. See you next weekend. (laughs) 